it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. I hosted a workshop last night where I was talking about three of the biggest reasons that we can feel out of control around food sometimes or, you know, struggle with the whole falling off track thing often. Uh, I also talked about uh, some of the things that you're probably doing every day that are making it worse. And, you know, I talked a little bit about some of the things that you can do to to sort of start shifting those things. And in case you missed it, in case you weren't able to attend last night, I wanted to share those things with you today. So that's what I'm talking about today. <clears throat> then I'm going to dive right in. Excuse me, tickle in my throat. I'm going to dive right on in with the first reason that we can feel so out of control around food sometimes or even often. And the first one is restriction. So everything that we are taught, we are, quote, supposed to be doing to eat healthy or lose weight, all of the ways that we have learned to restrict food over the course of our lives, that causes cravings and food obsessions. It causes you to feel out of control around the foods that you've been trying to restrict. Because your brain is trying to protect you from starving. And for humans, food equals survival. Food equals staying alive. So built into our species is this overwhelming urge to get food. And it gets even more overwhelming when food scarcity or restriction is present. So everything about our biology is designed to make us seek out food. And the less access we have to it, particularly, um, you know, comfort type foods that tend to make us feel safe and secure, the less access we have to it, the more we start getting obsessive about feeling like we need to have it and the more ways our brains will find to con us into eating it. So that's one of the biggest reasons why we can feel so out of control around food sometimes, restriction. Now, what are the things that you might be doing every day that are trying to make that are actually making it worse? Well, <laughs> trying to restrict, right? Every time you promise yourself you're going to quote be good with food and try to force yourself to not eat the thing that you think is bad and you shouldn't be eating, that's making it worse. You got to stop doing that. That's why I always say you have to learn to eat what you want when you want. And you know, that can sound really scary. It sounds really, really scary for most people, in fact, that I talk to. This concept that we can and should just eat what we want is, is foreign and terrifying for most people. And the fact that it's terrifying has become completely normalized in our culture. Like the concept of just eating what we want to eat has become so completely foreign that people can't even wrap their brains around what that even looks like or means. And that makes me angry and sad because it's not normal. It is not a normal way to live, to be afraid of just eating or 
distrusting of yourself to be able to make this most basic of human decisions for yourself. That's not a normal or healthy way to go through life. But we've gotten here because of all of the rules we've been taught about what we're supposed to be doing with food. So the solution for this restriction one really and truly is just allowing yourself the freedom and the permission to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And then also, you know, and I've talked about this permission element a lot before, so I'm not going to get super deep into it uh, right now, but it also, like, if you actually want to change why you're eating in self-destructive ways, you have to dig a little bit deeper beyond just giving yourself permission because restriction is only one of the reasons that we eat in self-destructive ways. So you've got to dig a little bit deeper to uncover the other reasons at the same time you're doing this permission element. Because the second reason that I want to get into is self-punishment. And I've talked about this one before as well. When we attach our worth as humans to anything outside of ourselves, to the food choices that we make, to what our bodies look like or weigh, to you know, how clean our house is or how much money we make or how pretty we are, like any of these things that we're, um, you know, judging ourselves for being either good or bad for, all the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and what we're worth, all of those things can impact our food choices because we treat ourselves the way we believe we deserve to be treated. And when we feel like we're bad or unworthy or not good enough, or any of these things, we treat ourselves accordingly. So self-punishment is another reason why it can feel so hard to just want to make choices for our bodies that make us feel good. We just simply don't believe we deserve to. And this one was a big, big one for me for a long time too. And so, you know, I really get this one. But permission, the permission element I just spoke of is... is um, particularly powerful for helping with the restriction, but it also helps with self-punishment because if you're in a place where you're eating for reasons other than, or you're, you're eating uh, in ways that are self-punishing, you have to start doing things that help you stop believing you deserve to be punished. So for example, if you're eating for reasons, uh, for self-punishing reasons, some of the things that you're probably doing every day that make it worse are judging yourself every time you fall off track or feel out of control around food, right? So every time you get in this pattern of falling off track or promising yourself you're going to be good and then feeling like you screwed up, like all of those things make self-punishing behaviors worse because they make you feel worse about yourself. Every time you stand in the mirror and you degrade your body or yourself in any kind of a way, that contributes to self-punishing behaviors. So in order to eliminate self-punishing behaviors, we've got to eliminate the reasons why we believe we deserve to be punished. So that permission can help with that because it starts taking the guilt and the shame off of the way that we eat, right? Changing the way that we feel about our bodies, the things that we're saying to ourselves about our bodies, under, understanding why we have decided that we, we, you know, feel like we deserve to be punished. Like, what are all of the reasons that, like, we think we deserve to be punished? Like, what is so bad? What, what are all of the beliefs that we're carrying? And it can be scary to, to start sort of digging into that and thinking about looking at those questions because, and I certainly know for me, you know, when I started digging into some of this stuff, 
it was like I had all of these ideas about who I thought I was and I thought that person was evil and bad and you know terrible and all of these things and and so the thought of you know sort of looking at that and digging into it a little bit was really scary because I thought oh my goodness what if that's true what if I start digging into those fears and I'd find out that they're actually true but what I realized was you know what I learned through the process was that everything we believe to be true about ourselves comes from our conditioning and it comes from the stories that we've been telling ourselves over the course of our lives. And usually, especially all of that negative crap we tell of our, tell ourselves, none of it is even true. So, you know, in order to to really get over all of these self-punishing patterns, we have to start digging into the reasons we believe we deserve to be punished. We have to stop contributing to the reasons we believe we deserve to be punished but through things like, you know, crapping on ourselves for our weight or our food choices, all of those kinds of things. And then we have to start building ourselves back up again. We have to start doing things that help us feel better about ourselves so that we start to value ourselves more and respect ourselves more because like I said, you treat yourself the way you believe you deserve to be treated. So when you start feeling better about yourself, when you start valuing yourself and your body more, self-punishing eating patterns just vanish on their own. You don't have to try to force change. They just go away because you start, you get to the point where you're like, I can't even imagine treating my body that way anymore. And so that's, that's the, the next thing that we, we want to talk about. So the third thing, Sorry, itchy thing in my throat again. So the third thing I wanted to talk about or share in terms of, you know, some of the reasons we can struggle so much with food is eating for emotional reasons. And this one is big. This one was one of the hardest ones for me to shift because I was terrified of feeling anything. I had numbed and stuffed everything, like every pain, every uncomfortable emotion, everything that happened, I just shoved it down and pretended I was fine for most of my life. And again, the thought of digging into some of that stuff was really scary. Um, but it really ended up being, you know, another vital pathway to freedom because until I could look at the things that were causing me pain or the emotions that I wanted to avoid and that I kept stuffing and trying to numb and avoid until I could look at those things and work through them and heal them and just learn to sit with emotions or learn to identify the emotions that or the the you know the suffering and the pain that I was causing myself just because of the silly thoughts I was doing saying to myself or you know um one of the ways that I would, you know, I was contributing to my own suffering and pain was through the constant chasing of a perfect weight. So, you know, I had to look at all of the reasons that um, I was suffering, all of the reasons that I was trying to stuff emotions and, and, and bury pain and, and all of that. And I had to look at what, how many of these ways am I contributing to myself? right? Through the thoughts that I'm thinking, the things I'm believing, the stories I'm telling myself. So, you know, all of the food stories, all of the body stories that, that I was just talking about, all of those things. How many of these ways, how, much, how many of these emotions that I don't want to feel and I keep trying to avoid, how many of them uh, am I doing to myself and how can I change those? And then, you know, any other ones that I was, you know, that maybe I wasn't contributing to myself, I started thinking like, okay, so then how do I just manage these emotions in a way that doesn't involve 
always needing to rely on food for everything. And, you know, again, that was kind of a scary process and it took a lot of time, but that really is the key. And so, you know, when you're emotion, an emotional eater and you're stuffing all of your emotions and, and that sort of thing with food or with anything really, some of the things that you're doing that make it worse every day are again, you know, the ways that you're judging yourself for your food choices, um, all of the fear that you're feeling around food and around your body and gaining weight and not losing weight fast enough. And like all of that stuff that we get, like all of those emotions that we carry around every day, just simply because of that weight and food war and the obsessions that we live through, all of those things contribute to emotional eating and make it worse because they create so many negative emotions Every time you stand in the mirror and you think something negative about your body, there is an immediate flood of emotion that makes you feel bad about yourself. That, and if you're an emotional eater, what do you do when you feel bad about yourself? You look for ways to soothe that feeling with food. And you probably even self-punish with food as well, right? So, uh, or, and, and if you're judging your food choices or you're scared of eating a certain food, you know, like for, for decades, I was scared of carbs. And every time I would eat a carb, I'd be scared. I'm going to get fat now. I'm going to be unhealthy. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. It's addictive, blah, blah, blah. So there's fear around food all day, every day when you're trying to live in that restriction with food and be perfect with the way that you eat. And if you're an emotional eater, what do you do when you're scared, right? You eat it. You eat your feelings. You try to numb it and avoid it. So all of the things that you're doing in terms of restricting and trying to be good and all the fear that you're carrying around food and your weight, all of that is negatively contributing to emotional eating as well because it's, you know, triggering all of these negative emotions that, you know, you don't really know what to do with other than feed, and also, you know, all of the things that we, all of the ways that we actively reject ourselves every day, again, through our food choices, through, um, you know, the ways that we talk about our bodies or even ourselves, all of those ways that we go through life just rejecting and criticizing ourselves every day really have a big impact on emotional eating as well because rejection for humans is incredibly painful. So if you're living with somebody 24-7 who is talking to you in your head nonstop all day about all the things that are wrong with you, that is incredibly painful. And for me, I know for me, it left, you know, after years of doing that, I, I was walking around by the end of it feeling like there was this huge gaping wound in the middle of my chest just because, you know, it, it was there was so much self-rejection and I was so desperate for um, approval and love that it just felt like this gaping wound that I just kept trying to fill. And I didn't know how else to fill it, so I would just shove it full of food because I didn't know what else to do with it. I didn't even know what it was for the longest time. So those are all of the things that, or you know, many of the things that we can do if, if we are emotional eaters um, that you know can make it worse. And so again, you know, working with emotional eating and, and learning to, to change that and shift those patterns requires, again, understanding what, how our thoughts and our beliefs are contributing to our negative emotions, right, in the ways that I've just described, but also 
just learning how to manage and regulate emotions in general without always needing to numb them. So these are the three biggest reasons. There are a number of reasons, you know, weight and food issues can run pretty deep and they're complex, but these are the three biggest reasons that that we can feel so uh, out of control around food sometimes. And I share those because I want you to understand that these patterns that you're stuck in with food and, and the way that you feel about your body, I really want you to get that they're not your fault. They are not your fault. They are not a weakness or a flaw. They are not a sign that you're broken or hopeless or can't ever change. They're simply patterns of behaviors that you've gotten stuck in because you've got a normal human brain and that's just what happens. It's just what happens when, you know, when you're conditioned in the ways that we've been conditioned. So I hope that helps you at least feel a little bit better about it. I hope it helps to give you a little bit of insight into, you know, some of your patterns. I hope it gives you something to think about in terms of, you know, some of the the reasons that you might be eating the way you're eating. Uh, I do have a worksheet that I created to go with the workshop last night. So if you'd like to take a look at it and maybe fill it out and even send it back to me, I'll give you some feedback on it. If you do, shoot me an email at Ronnie, R-O-N-I, at RonnieDavis.com, and I will send you a link to the worksheet and you can take a look at it. You can fill it out. You can send it back to me. I'll take a look and I'll give you some comments and end whatever uh, and see if that helps a little bit. Um, yeah, but so until next time, I hope that helped, gave you some insight, and as always, reach out if you have any questions or I can help in any way. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.